friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is William Mawala, I'm the pastor of the Paravista Angola Adventist Churches here in Adelaide and it's wonderful to be able to share with you in today's program. Uh, this week we're taking as our theme, the cross is not enough. And today we're looking at the specific question, should I or should we celebrate Easter? And today my co-host in the studio is none other than Pastor Joseph Matichic. And for those who are new to our program, uh, Pastor Joseph serves as the Secretary and the Ministerial Secretary of the SDA Churches here in South Australia. Welcome to the studio, Pastor Joseph. Thank you, Will. Great to be here. Yeah, so um, how was your weekend? Did you get in, up to uh, anything exciting over the church weekend? <laughs> uh, had a great weekend, and uh, we um, we actually went um, and caught up with some friends. It was uh, one of my best mates. It was his 50th birthday party. Oh, okay. And, um, and so we, um, yeah, we, we, we travelled for that um, and uh, caught up with people that we hadn't seen for quite some time, and um, I was... I was um, a MC for the uh, for the party. Oh, okay, so it was. Um, so it was great to be able to be there and to um, to celebrate with my friend, um, to share some memories and uh, spend time with him, his family, friends. As I said, people we hadn't seen for some so time. So that was that back here in Adelaide, or was no? It? This was actually um, in Horsham. Uh, in Victoria, yeah. Okay, so you guys so, flew flew down for the weekend. We drove. We drove. Oh, you yeah, drove. Yeah, yeah. It's not too far oh, from Adelaide. Okay. So yeah. So how's all the COVID restrictions and everything going on with Victoria. Uh, it was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no issues there. So okay, that Did was good. The whole family go or yes, just, just yeah, a, oh. whole family went. Yeah, yeah. I've never been across the border yet. I mean, from Adelaide. So is it a big drive to to Victoria? I mean, I know they're right next door, but how, how far would it be, say, from here to you know to the city of Melbourne, like the main? Oh, I'd take about eight hour drive, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Horsham, of course, is not that far. Right. It's about halfway between here and um Melbourne. Okay. So you you come back refreshed and ready to attack the week, I would That's say. It. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? I was good. So um yeah. yeah, we just stayed local obviously. Um we uh we were at church at Paravista on, on, on Saturday and um had a wonderful time with our church family. I got to uh, share a message and um, it was really good. And uh, got to, there was a couple of new folks that came. There's a, nice. It was a, it was actually a fellow from Melbourne actually yeah. visiting. There's a young lady that that's coming to our church, and um, her partner actually had, had come over to spend a bit of time with her. He's a big fella, uh-huh. so um, so he yeah he um, caught my attention actually because he walked in you know like pretty much right when I was about to speak, and I was <laughs> okay. like, oh, who is this big fella? You know, and I uh, got to chat with him. He was, he's actually of a, a Muslim background. Wow. Yeah. So he's, wow. so, you know, I was doing my best to uplift the, the message of, of, of the gospel. And, um, you wouldn't look at him. I mean, when you, when you see him, you know, I'm pretty good at judging like uh, a person's, I guess, general nationality, where they may come from, but he's actually half, um, South, um, half South African, half Fijian. Yeah. And so I was telling him, you know, my, my father actually grew up in Fiji, so there was a bit of a point of contact there. But um, so, um, yeah, so he came and a, and a couple of others. So, um, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good, good day at church. And um, it's always good to, to fellowship and, 
especially to share God's word. So yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. So oh, good, good. Keep, keeps us busy and keeps us out of trouble. It does. It does. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So um, before we get into our topic uh, for today's program, um, we just want to share a bit of uh, a World Watch segment, which we kind of um, you know look across what's going on in the in the world and uh, what's going on online. And today's uh, article that I just want to share with our listeners, Joseph, it's. It's a little bit closer to home in our backyard. Um, ABC News had put up an article um, literally just yesterday. And this is um, by, the article is titled, Religious Australians are pushing for climate action and want church leaders and politicians to get on board. So I thought, Pastor Joseph, you know, I know the whole week we're going to be talking about the, the cross and, you know, today we're going to be talking about this idea of Easter. Mm. So I thought we'd just switch gears just for a few minutes and just share something a little bit different. So basically this article here written by the religion and ethics reporter Barbara Hagen, um, this was posted um, basically early this morning. And it's and it's basically um, this idea about climate change. And the reason why it struck me, Joseph, is um, it's something that I kind of hear about in the news mm. every now and then, but I, I don't know if I'm, I'm super... Um, Invested in this idea of climate change, I don't know. So when I was reading and looking online of what to share, it kind of taught my attention. And just want to read a few lines here, and I'd love to hear maybe some of your comments on this, um, Pastor Joseph. It says here, um, most religions believe the universe and everything in it is a creation of God or gods, and most demand that we nurture God's creation. So for many religious people in Australia today, particularly among younger generations, Joseph, it makes sense for religious leaders to encourage care for the environment. Yeah. And I'll just share a little bit more, then we'll have a short discussion. It says, University student Hattie Steen Holt, who attends a Baptist church in Melbourne's eastern suburbs, is part of this growing culture shift. And she says, climate change is negatively affecting already marginalized communities, she says. And she goes on to say, the the main quote here in this article says, it's not, I think she's saying it, it's not a matter of which government is, quote, right or, quote, wrong, Joseph, but rather it is a matter of how we best love our neighbors and creation. I'll just share a bit more here. It says, Hattie was part of a beach mission with Scripture Union in, I think it's Malakuta, during the Black Summer bushfires of 2019-2020. It was an experience that strengthened a conviction that Christians need to do more about the climate crisis. And according to a survey commissioned by Christian development agency Tear Fund Australia, she's one of many young people who feel the same way. And a little bit more here, Joseph, it says, titled They Shall Inherit the Earth, that's the name of the article, the study examines the attitudes of millennial and older Gen Z Christians. It found that three in five are very concerned about climate change and two-thirds want their local church to take action. And here's a bit I'd like to hear a bit of your response, Joseph. It says, but it also found that 35% of church leaders say they rarely preach on environmental matters, citing the politicization of the issue as a key challenge. So what do you think about Joseph? She's talking about environment. She's saying, hey, churches need to get involved. She's trying to say that every local church should, you know, have some type of voice, I guess, throw their hat in the arena. And I find that quite challenging. She says, you know, according to that survey, they shall inherit the earth. 35% of church leaders say they rarely preach. And I've got to be honest with you, Joseph. I don't know if I've ever preached a specific message on the environment. Now, I might allude a little bit 
here and there. But uh, that's a pretty, um, you know, that she's talking to me. That's, that survey's talking to me. So what do you take about this whole idea of climate change, you know, um, being a bit more vocal, as it were, in the in the public sec- in the public square, what do you think? Climate change has certainly been a very dominant uh, uh, and a major topic for uh, for many people, and yeah. it's, it's uh, as it's alluded to there in the article. It's it's certainly been quite a political issue, yes, um, and a societal issue. A lot, a lot of people are uh, increasingly getting concerned with the climate um, and um, wanting to see see action taken by by world governments. Really, uh, there've been world conferences about this issue uh, to raise awareness and to raise the importance of needing to take action uh, because. Right. Uh, they see that our climate, um, our world, um, is is getting affected. Um, changes in the climate are impacting life, yeah. And um, and, and therefore, there's, there's there's an overall concern that um, our planet is is starting to really be affected, to deteriorate, to be to be destroyed. Yeah. Uh, if I can put it a bit more strongly, right. Um, and therefore, life on Earth could be could be imperiled. Yep. And so there's this there's this uh, feeling that well we need to look after our planet in order for us to be able to survive. Yeah. Now from a, certainly from you know Christian point of view as that article's highlighting there it's it's saying about how important it is for for Christians to to take it on not because it's politicized. Well, um, I have to also confess like you will. Um, I've been preaching now for many, many years, actually, um, and I don't think I have ever specifically preached a, a, an entire specific message right. on um, on climate. Well, not not specifically on on caring for the environment or um, you know, climate change as such. Even though the Bible does uh, tell us right yeah. in the beginning, there yeah. um, when God created the world, He made humans and place them to to be stewards to be custodians of this planet to right. to, to, to care for it in fact mm-hmm. the, the text says there in 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 Genesis chapter 2 the bible tells us that god created humans and placed them um, there in that garden and he he it, the text says that they were placed there to tend it and to keep it that's correct so this this world this this planet is actually a gift from god to to his to, to people, um, and he's created us to 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 care for it. Uh, so there is there is that biblical basis, absolutely. Um, and it, it 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 yeah. So we as Christians, uh, we have in a sense more reason than anybody else to to look after. Now, when I say look after our planet, I guess that's probably different to what. Um, perhaps some str- um, you know real strong groups are, are might be really a- advocating and pushing for. That's right. Um, uh, who who come from a from a different point of view? The 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 thing I'd say, William, is yes. On the one hand, the Bible does uh, teach us that this uh, planet is um, entrusted to us to to tend and to keep it. Yeah. Uh, and we have a God-given responsibility to do that. Uh, the other thing, too, though, is that uh, we need to just maintain a, um, a perspective, and that is that humans are more important than creatures and creation. Um, and not only that, 
but the Bible makes it very clear that we we are to uh, be careful of um, focusing so much on on things and on creation that we lose sight of the Creator. That's correct. The Creator God. Yeah, that's right. Um, and um, yeah, the, the the call in the Bible is a call to worship God, um, to worship Him yeah. as the Creator. Yeah. Um, and that does mean that we will, you know, will care for creation, but not to take it up as a as a real campaign, as, as a crusade, yeah. and to neglect uh, acknowledging the Creator. Yeah. And I'm reminded of the fact that um, uh, in Romans chapter one, it actually um, it actually predicts that there will be a time when people will um, neglect, if you like, or ignore, or or substitute the Creator for creation. Right, uh, that they will serve, you know, and worship created things, um, and I think some of this push can be can be seen as that. And yeah. I guess probably the final thing there, William, is um, that the Bible does make it very clear um, that this world, as we know it, is going to come to an end, um, and uh, that will happen with with the return of Jesus Christ to this world. Mm-hmm. And um, what will happen is uh, Christ, he will create. Actually, a new heaven and a new earth. So this this world it, it describes it's going to be it's it's going to actually come to an end. It'll be destroyed, and a new one will be created. Right. So we cannot ultimately save our planet. Um, I think through through yes through sin and through human um, actions. It, it, it yeah we we have wreaked a lot of havoc and destruction. Um, we shouldn't do that. Yeah. But but neither should we, um, uh, uh, yeah, go to the end where we think that yeah we are in a position where we can actually now just reverse this completely because the Bible gives us uh-huh. the, the full picture. Yeah, and just so another just little bit from this article here, they there's mentioned, and I think here as I'm reading, um, she mentions this. Um, I guess a Christian response, as it were. It's um, I'll just go back to the article. It says while some. Uh, religious Australians are focusing their energies on grassroots solutions. Others also see the need to engage with electoral politics. The Australian religious response to climate change, otherwise known as the C, <laughs> is a multi-faith affiliation of religious communities advocating for climate justice. And I'll just read this little bit at the end here. So she, there's a little push there, I guess, to almost to enter into that political realm. And she says here, she's kind of having a, you know, she's, She's kind of, um, she's not mincing her words here, uh, Pastor Joe. She says here, uh, and I quote, she says, the moral leadership is coming from secular people, the environment movement. They're speaking out for the moral positions that should be championed most strongly by people of faith. And she, there's another little quote here. It says, if politicians aren't being challenged by the faith leaders of today, then where's the moral leadership? And I think she's echoing, I think, Joseph, maybe I think there is a, a little bit of, that sense within the younger generation that, you know, to make their voice heard, to, yes. to kind of make an impact, as it were. Yes. Almost like this kind of social gospel, you know, where, you know, gos- that Christianity is not something we just internalize in our minds and kind of keep to ourselves, but it's something that we, you're almost like we're making a difference. I think that's, she's kind of, she's kind of uh, saying some of those sentiments there. But I agree with you, Joseph. You know, on the one hand, we've got to, um, obviously, we, we 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 back this general uh, awareness of, of this environment because we see it as God's creation, and obviously we want to um, take care of what God has created. But then, what you're saying is you're putting the end time 
I guess the final picture in it is that don't be so consumed by it that it, you know, almost drowns out your relationship with God and, mm. and the bigger picture. Um, so, so yeah, interesting comments, Joseph. Loved your insight there. So, um, so that was our article today for World Watch. And if you want more info on that, you just hop onto abc.net.au slash news and you will find a bunch of articles. And this is, this one came up about religious Australians pushing for climate action. I know there's perhaps, Pastor Joseph, we could, um, you know, sh- connect a few more dots in terms of Bible prophecy and whatnot, but, but we'll leave it for another time. But very interesting article. And so to, uh, this young lady from the Melbourne, uh, uh, Baptist Church out in Melbourne, uh, to, um, Hattie Steinholtz, um, you know, we applaud your efforts in wanting, uh, our, our culture uh, to be aware of the environment. And, uh, we, we, we hope and pray that, uh, God keeps opening those doors of opportunity for you. So awesome. So, hey, we're going to switch gears now. We're going to go to our book offer before we jump into some music. So today's book offer we're going to kick off this week is one of my favorite books, Pastor Joseph. Mm. I know that you've read this book. Yes. And it is a, a classic within our, uh, within our, our church uh, community. And it's a book called Steps to Christ. And, and I really take my hat off to Gary. I mean, of all the book offers that we could have offered for this week in light of Easter and, and everything that's happening around Easter this, uh, you know, coming up this weekend is a book about Jesus. So if you have not read the book Steps to Christ, it is not a big book. It's not a thick book. And it is, it is a book about how to know Jesus Christ. And let me just share some of these chapters with you. I love it. Look, the first chapter is God's love for man. Uh, the second chapter, the sinner's need for Christ. Uh, the third chapter is talking about repentance. And basically what you're going to find out when you read this book, you're going to see a God that loves you, a God that uh, wants to know you. And and it also talks about almost like Joseph, the ABCs, as it were, of, yes. of how to know Jesus. Yeah. It talks about God, talks about the sinner's need, confession, repentance, faith, growing into Christ. I mean, you cannot get a better book apart from the scriptures, to really help you in your journey. So if you want a free copy of that, please text the code with through SA40, which is SA40, to our uh, number in the studio, 488 And why don't you text through now? We would love to hear. We're looking online and we're, we're hoping and praying that people um, chime in and text through uh, the code uh, to receive a free book of us. So one more time, if you'd like a free copy, we'll probably announce it one more time in our sh- studio time today. Uh, text the code word SA40, all one word, no spaces, to 488 If you text that through today, we would love to uh, engage with our friendly bot <laughs> and follow the prompts and we would get a copy out to you. No strings attached. It is totally free from us to you. We'd love to put that in your hands. Okay, so we're going to go to some music and after our music, we're going to be listening to Pastor Joseph uh, take us on a journey about this uh, this idea of should we celebrate Easter? Don't go away. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A. Songs of loudest praise 
Listening to Faith FM Drive Time, uh, big Q and A, and with myself, uh, William Mawala, pastor of Paravista Angola Churches, and my co-host in the studio today is none other than Pastor Joseph Matichich, who serves as the secretary and ministerial secretary of the SDA churches here in South Australia. If you just tuned in, we're taking as our theme for the week: the cross is not enough. Very, sounds mm. sounds a little bit controversial, <laughs> but hopefully we will balance that out in our with myself and Pastor Joseph and the rest of our team this week. Today, Joseph, we're looking at the the particular question today: uh, Should I or should we celebrate Easter? So, as you know, Easter's just around the corner this long yep. weekend. Um, so, walk us through that, and because it is a it, it's it's a conversation that comes up this time every year, obviously. Yes, and um, you know there may be people on have varying perspectives, mm. even within Christian circles. So, um, we want to try and I guess um, at least attempt to try and um, answer this question. And so, um, I'm going to pass the time to you, Joseph. Why don't you take us take the lead, as it were, and um, love to kind of 
bounce some ideas as I see it as well. Thank so you. yeah, talk to our listeners today um, about this idea of Easter and as Christians, you know, how how should we respond to this idea of, of Easter? Thank you, Will. Yeah, it's um, Easter is one of the biggest dates on the Christian calendar. That's correct. For many churches, it is the one day that has pretty much the biggest attendances. Yeah. Um, apart from Christmas, Christmas um, services. People who attend church uh, regularly, um, and especially people who don't attend church regularly, will probably go to a church or be open to visiting a church, attending a church at Easter That's right. for, an, for an Easter service. Um, and some churches will have Good Friday services, um, and then, of course, Easter Sunday services are, are big. Now, some Christians view Easter as having pagan origins or being so commercialized that it's just wrong to participate completely. Yeah. Others simply view it as a celebration of Jesus' resurrection and um, as a, yeah, uh, yeah. an important celebration of the year. So the question we're looking at there today, William, as you've, you've pointed out, is should we celebrate Easter? Well, I, um, I'd like to suggest it depends on how we celebrate Easter. Right. So in response to that, should we celebrate it? It depends what we mean by celebrating. Right. It depends what we do uh-huh. for, for Easter, okay? Yeah. So and, and the same thing can kind of be said for Christmas. Exactly well. right. So yeah. exactly right. So it it depends what we mean by celebrating. It depends what we're doing. Um, let's let's just uh, I guess um, go back a little bit, and then we'll, um, we'll we'll probably zone zoom in a little bit more specifically on it. I mean, first of all, we're going to look at well, what you know what is Easter? Uh, where did it come from? Um, Etc. Now. Most listeners will probably think, well, this is, it's quite obvious what Easter is. It's a time to remember, uh, we commemorate the death and the resurrection yeah. of Jesus. So, you know, Good Friday, um, commemorating the day that Jesus died. Um, Easter Sunday, Sunday is, you know, is the day he rose again. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, in many parts of, you know, certainly around the world, Easter Sunday is huge. I, I remember while we were living in, in overseas, uh, in the region where we were, it was, it was a strongly orthodox, uh, essentially a Greek orthodox community was there and right. Easter Sunday was, was massive. And, um, in, in those parts, particularly where they got these, a lot of orthodox people, there'd be the saying, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. And that was, yeah. that was the big thing then. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we come, you know, come to scripture, right? There's scripture, and the Bible tells us, and I want to share this as an, as an opening thought. First, um, first Corinthians chapter 15, from verse 1, uh, we read these words. Yeah, yeah, the great apostle Paul's writing. He says, now, now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. Right. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. And then he goes on to explain what he means by the gospel. Verse 3 says, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, or as of, you know, as of um, um, primary importance. That, and that is that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, 
that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That's and then right. it goes on to say how we appear to uh, to number of people. So it, here the Bible tells us that you know that the importance of the gospel and that it is of first importance and the, the in a nutshell mm-hmm. it is that Christ died that he was buried yep. and that he he rose rose again um, on on the third day there William there's nothing wrong in commemorating the death and the resurrection of Jesus yeah in fact that's the foundation of the Christian faith that's correct uh, the death and the resurrection of Jesus is absolutely central. But the question is, does the Bible say anything about celebrating Easter? Mm. And the answer to that is, well, no. Um, there is no biblical command to celebrate Easter because the Bible doesn't use the word Easter. Mm. So where did where did where did East well where did the word come from? Where where did Easter come from? Let me let me just share a little bit of. Um, uh, a little, little bit of history, I guess, here, because um, some people may or may not you know, be aware of all of this. And, and look, it's 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 a bit like with a lot of things, William. It, we, we, it's, we need to be cautious that we don't just get completely consumed by yeah. you know, some of this you know, historical stuff and, and be obsessed with it as such, because, yeah, it, there, there could be some element to it. Look, it, it, the thought there is, is that the Easter... It originates uh, with the Babylonian goddess of fertility who was called Ishtar. So, you, you notice? Yeah. Do you, you hear very, the similarity? Sounds very similar. Yeah. yeah. Babylonian goddess Ishtar, goddess of fertility. Um, she was the queen of heaven. This same goddess was known by other names. Uh, the ancient Greeks, Astarte or Estra, um, celebrated as the goddess of spring by the Saxons of northern, or northern Europe. Um, so, you see the similarity again to the name. Now, Estra uh, was the goddess of the east from where the sun rises. Her symbol was the hair. All right. Which is a symbol of fertility. Now, you can start seeing some uh, connection with some elements that happened at Easter time nowadays in our, in our modern cultures, right? Uh, there was a festival called Estra that was held during the spring equinox. Now, okay, here in Australia, Easter falls in autumn, mm-hmm. but what we've got to remember is for the rest of the world, in the Northern Hemisphere, Easter is when? It's a spring. Okay. Um, and the Saxons, who are in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, celebrated Estra during uh, spring equinox. Now, listen to this. Rabbits and eggs were both symbols of life and fecundity that early came to be identified with Ishtar. The yearly celebration honouring her took place around the first full moon after the spring equinox when all of nature seemed to be bursting with reproductive vitality. Right. See the timing? Yeah. Um, First full moon after spring equinox. So we're talking, you know, the time when we have our Easter dates these days. Every year following Tammuz's tragic death and presumed ascension to the sun. The 40 days preceding Ishtar's festival was set aside for fasting and uh, self-affliction to commemorate his suffering and death. It's interesting that um, in the book of Ezekiel, it, it, it refers to the practice of weeping for Tammuz, which God called an abomination. Um, at the end of this period of mourning, though, people would waken early on the first day of the week and travel to the highest hills near their homes. There they would present their offerings of wine, meat, incense, um, prostrate themselves before the rising sun, exclaiming, Our Lord is risen. 
Mm, interesting. Yep. Then would commence the festivities of Ishtar, the queen of heaven and goddess of fertility. In preparation for this celebration, the people would make small cakes, inscribing them with the cross, a pagan fertility symbol, for baking in the sun and eating as part of their ritual. Now, that's that's yeah, that suggests that, that that's one of the understandings of the origins of you know of of Easter. Mm. Um, William, it might be a bit unsettling to, yeah. um, in a sense, to learn that this major Christian event, yeah. if I can refer to it that way as Easter. Um, actually originate has these pagan has these pagan roots, has yeah. these pagan roots yeah. which are actually many hundreds of years before Christ. Um, we find that uh, we see that in a few other things. The birthday of the sun sun god Tammuz, yeah, yeah, Tammuz became the alleged birthday of Christ's child. Um, the morning for Tammuz became Lent resurrection. The Lent legend community lived on as the resurrection story. And so, what we find here is that these um. Uh, these things have these pa- pa- pagan roots, and um, look, as I said I, I don't want that to be the the, the thing that yeah. locks into us, but it is important for us to 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 be it's aware important to understand the, the roots. Yeah. Now, yeah. what's that got to do with the Christian Church, or more importantly, um, is there any connection, or did it get into the Christian Church? Well, here's where it is a little bit more interesting, William. Um, during the third and fourth centuries, the Christian Church had received a lot of money and power. From the Roman Empire. Yeah. The church then looked to reach out to the pagan Romans to make Christianity more appealing to them. So they adopted some of the pagan festivals and, in a sense, Christianized them. Christmas, for instance, was the day of the winter solstice, and Easter, as we've mentioned, came from pagan Roman festival of Ishtar. There Mm. are, in fairness, we, we, we need to just note this, though, there are... Other some other explanations for the origin of Easter, uh, for example, in the 19th century, so coming much more closer to our time, the German folklorist Jacob Grimm researched the origins of the German name for Easter, Ostern, which in High Old German was Ostara. Um, another explanation is the origin of the term Easter is from the Saxon word for resurrection, where Oster means first and Stehen means stand, you know. Uh huh. So look, that that's a little bit of a little bit of a bit, bit of history, and um, we we can see William that these days Easter uh, for most pretty much most people is is what it's about um, chocolate Easter eggs. Yeah. Uh, it's about <laughs> you know the kids Easter bunny, and you know things like hot cross buns. And, and, and just a long weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, Christians um, remember the the, the the birth of Christ. So it's, yeah, when we're looking at the question, should we celebrate Easter, remember what we said? Well, it depends what we mean by yeah. celebrating it. That's right. Um, if it's a time when we acknowledge um, the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, absolutely that's appropriate and necessary because that's the foundation of the of the Christian gospel and yeah. the faith. However, we need to be aware of these other uh, elements that, that yeah. we have, and um, that's where it becomes uh, it becomes interesting if we if we kind of want to cross over or or mix mix the two. But we'll talk a bit more about that as we go through the program. Yeah, I'm loving what you're saying, and um, loved that you were able to give a, a bit of a, a general 
uh, um, historical background to that. And I, and I, I would assume that, that some of our listeners are, I, I guess, aware of, of some of those elements that you mentioned. Hmm. And uh, I think it's, it's good. And look, if there's people listening and that was the first time they, they kind of got a bit of a connection with the, the bunny and the Easter egg, like it, it's, it's good to know. Um, and I think where we'd like to, you know, go to is, you know, what does it mean for us today? You know, how, if I'm a Christian, I'm listening on today's show, like what should be my, um, how should I approach this, this coming long weekend? And, um, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, um, Pastor Joseph. So, that, hey, yeah, yeah, go. You got one more thing to share before that, we? Well, that's a really good break. question. And I think we'll, we'll definitely look at that, um, straight after our break, William. Um, yeah. but yeah, let, let me just mention this. Yeah, now. go ahead. Why don't and, you and, plant the seed? Go ahead. And, um, and that is most people these days would have no idea that Easter is of pagan origin, right? Yeah. But you know, innocently just have no idea. Yep. Uh, many Christians, in fairness, many Christians, I'd suggest, would not even think about those pagan concepts when they celebrate Easter. Right. You know, so, you know, um, I'm not sure this coming uh, weekend, whether in your churches, William, um, there's going to be a special uh, a special Easter program in the sense That's about, uh, you know, talking about <laughs> the, you know, the story of the cross, um, looking at um, the events of, that took place at, there at Calvary. Yes. Um, commemorating the Jesus rose again. I mean, I, I've, I've always used that, that as an opportunity to speak about that. But so... What I'm getting at is, um, yeah, many Christians they are they're, they're they're thinking about the death and resurrection of Jesus, um, and in, so in fairness to them, they would not be saying that they are commemorating this pagan history um, by by doing that. Now, when we come back, you know, we, we just want to look at okay, how does this, how yep. should this, then this apply? And so let's let's yep. let's look at that. Let, let's do that, Joseph. Well, hold that thought there, Pastor Joseph. We'll be back in a moment. But um, just like to, uh, once again, just want to promote our free book offer to our listeners that's uh, are listening today and for the rest of the week. The free book offer we would love to put in your hand is a classic. It is one of the best books, hands down, that you will read apart from the Bible that will um, uplift uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the book is called Steps to Christ. It is exactly that. How do you know Jesus? How do you enter into a relationship with Him? You're going to read about repentance. You're going to talk about, you're going to read about faith. You talk, there's a chapter there about growing up into Christ. There's a chapter on prayer. It is awesome. And I have read this book cover to cover many times. And I'm sure you have, Pastor Joseph, as well. We would love to put this in your hands as our free gift to you. This, uh, for today's show and for the rest of the week. If you would like a free copy, please text the code word SA40, no spaces. So that is SA40 to, to our number in the studio, 0488880811. One more time, SA40 to 0488880811. We're going to go to some music now. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A. Like a river attendeth my way When sorrows like sea billows roll Whatever my lot you have taught me to say 
is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet. Though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed His own blood for my soul. My soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. My sin, all the bliss of this glorious thought my sin not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more praise the Lord praise the Lord oh my soul it is well my soul it is well it is well with my soul it is well it is well with my soul and Lord haste the day when my faith shall be sighed the clouds be rolled back as a scroll the trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend even so it is well with my soul it is well my soul it is well it is well with my soul it is well it is well with my It is well with my soul with Chris Rice. You're back listening to Faith FM. Drive time BQ&A, myself, Pastor Will and Pastor Joseph. Joseph, uh, why don't you bring it on the home stretch for us? We've been talking about Easter service and uh, you <laughs> you have been just really giving us the historical background. Sorry, we're just having a giggle in the studio. But um, 
yeah, just I know you've got a big point you want to um, kind of um, share with our listeners before we um, end the show. I'd like to share maybe just a little, just add my little mm, perspective, sure. and then yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Now, so William, we're looking at the question of should we celebrate Easter, aren't we? And um, just before the break, we we were making the point that most people wouldn't have any idea uh, of the pagan origin of of Easter. And um, and in fairness to a lot of Christians, they wouldn't be saying that they're commemorating this pagan history either. Yeah. Uh, when they, for instance, buy Easter eggs today or eat, or eat hot cross buns, um, there's no doubt that you know rabbits and eggs have been used, by, you know, um, by pagans and have got those connotations. But that doesn't necessarily make them inherently evil, William, yeah. because symbols adapt a meaning that is attached to them. Well, I like that one. Say that one again, Jason. Symbols, symbols. A- adapt a meaning that is attached to them. Okay. Whatever symbol is used, though, we should be careful not to worship it. It is not the symbol employed, but its meaning and treatment that determines whether it's pagan or or some form of you know religious religious syncretism, right? Um, now nowadays we we know that in our society and certainly in our country, for most people, Easter is it's highly commercialized, yeah, like Christmas has become. That's right. Um, it's a you know, hot cross buns appear in supermarkets, Easter eggs, chocolate rabbits. And on top of it, most people treat it simply as a long weekend holiday, yeah, right? That's, that's right. it. Now, as um, here, as Christians, as long as we recognize that Easter is not the date of Christ's death and resurrection, and the fact that the Bible doesn't mention Easter yeah. as a name or word, we can still acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter how we personally observe or don't observe Easter, well, it is it is. It does seem to be a particularly good time to share the gospel with others. Society, our society at at large, uh, acknowledges Easter one way or another, right? That's right. Uh, Even those for whom it's purely just about Easter eggs and um, bunnies and and chocolate, um, even they will do something at Easter. But um, Christians can use this time of the year as an opening to explain who Jesus is, the importance of his death, yeah. and the good news Amen. of his resurrection. That's right. Um, I remember, William, actually you know, talking about should we celebrate Easter. A few years back, I was living in, in Port Macquarie on the mid-north New South Wales coast, right. and um, the church I was pastoring there, uh, we, we developed a... Um, an event that we would we would conduct every year in the lead up to Easter. Right. Uh, it was an event that we called His Story. A little bit of a play on words. History, His Story. The His Story, His Story, referring to Jesus' story. Right. We called it His, his story. story. Yeah. And what was it? It was a dramatized, um, acted out, full costume outdoor presentation of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. We would have um, actors in full costume. We, we would uh, have the place set up looking like fir- a first-century Palest- um, uh, Palestine um, town village. Um, 
Uh, we had props. We had animals. Uh, we had shepherds. Sure, right. Um, yeah, the whole we had the recreated lo- the whole scene. We had the whole scene, and then what people would do, um, the public would come and they would go on a tour, and they'd be led in a group. From scene to scene, right. where they'd see, you know, we started from the birth of Jesus. Um, they'd, they'd see his some some scenes from his ministry, uh, then then to taken to his uh, trial, his crucifixion, and and then um, his, his resurrection. Wow! And uh, we that ran that like for a lot of work. Well, it was. It certainly was. Um, but it was, it, William. I can tell you, it was incredibly moving, powerful portrayal of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And so people would come and be able to witness yeah. and see and hear it right. in a very dramatic, dramatic way. And um, that was a real way of telling the story of Jesus at that time of, yes. the, of the year. Now, not everyone has probably the capabilities or the uh, personnel to be able to actually do that. But what we're wanting to highlight here is this is an opportunity when we can um, raise yeah. an awareness with our family, friends, those who aren't of uh, yeah. Christian persuasion to understand that the death and the resurrection of Jesus are central to our Christian faith. Amen to that. And now, uh, the last thing I really want to share this, William, is that we do find in the Bible that it does give us a way in which we are to specifically uh, commemorate the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And what is that? Well... It's actually what we call the Lord's Supper. Right. Or communion, whichever term you want to use. You read clearly in, yes. in the Bible, 1 Corinthians, for example, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And if I read these, a couple of these verses here, William, it tells us that uh, when we gather for the Lord's Supper, it says, it, um, it writes here in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, For I received from you... Uh, what from, for, uh, for I received from the Lord, sorry, what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which yes. is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, uh, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And then it says this, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. The, the, the bread and the juice, the bread and the wine at Lord's Supper and communion commemorates the death of Jesus and we do it until he, he comes back again and we remember that he was also yeah. raised again. So we actually have a specific way to commemorate the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. And it's Praise the God. communion service mm. where we take those emblems to remind us of his death and his and his burial. Yes, um, and so that I think is something that I wanted to uh, to, to 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 leave with uh-huh. us. And um, I just wanted to add as well, Pastor Joseph is, um, and I totally agree with what you're saying. I love kind of how you you brought, brought a bit of balance to the to the question, and. Um, I guess for me as, as yourself, as, as fellow, you know, pastors, um, Christian pastors, I think the thing for me is, um, uh, Pastor Joseph is, and I think you said it, you alluded to it a few moments ago, is it's, it's the one time of the year where people who are more open to the story of Jesus, more open to even considering going to church. And so, you know, I think that's where I kind of land on this, on this idea. I agree. I understand there is, 
definitely some historical context behind this idea of Easter. Certainly we don't see the word Easter in the scriptures. So if no. you want to be purely okay. biblical, um, definitely that's, that's the, the position of the scriptures. But I guess on the other side, um, as I said earlier, it's, it's people are open to, 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 just like around Christmas time, people are open to the story of Jesus. Pe- people are a little bit more, their guards a little bit more down because they understand the, I guess the, you know, the events that are taking place. So I guess, I guess what I want to say as well, um, Pastor Joseph is, you know, as pastors and as believers, whenever there is an opportunity, as you said earlier, to uplift the gospel, you know, and I know that churches all across the country, it, it's a big calendar mm. event for them, what's mm. coming up this weekend. Sure. And, um, and they want to capitalize on it. Yeah. And obviously, when they go to church, you know, people flocking to churches this weekend, whatever motivates them to go, maybe their, their spouse invites them, or maybe they just got invited by a friend or a colleague. But, you know, specifically from, from people, you know, such as pastors and, and, and people within the, the core, I guess believers in the local church, it's it's they they they're playing they they're praying that that people do come. I mean, for me personally, um, Pastor Joseph, you know, at Paravista, we're we're doing a um, an Easter service, and we've we've got Correct. that word on the flyers. Yes, and you know, there was a little bit of um, yeah, I, I was reflecting on that, you know, because with exactly what we're talking about. But you know, the way I kind of what kind of settled it for me, Pastor Joseph, is you know to use a word that. That people are familiar with in the community. So if they see a flyer and they say Easter service, they, they kind of get some type of an idea of, yeah. of what's going to happen in the service. Sure. Okay. They're going to talk about Jesus and all, all of that. So, um, I just want to do a little plug, I guess, just, um, particularly for those in the Adelaide region and you're in the Para Hills, Para, uh, Para Vista area. Uh, Para Vista Church is going to host our, uh, Easter service on Saturday. Uh, Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, we have a main service, and it's at 132 uh, Nelson Road, Para Vista. So if you're in the Adelaide area and you're, um, yeah, Saturday morning, you'd like to come along, and um, we have a, a specific um, Easter message uh, for not only for our visitor, but for ourselves, just to remind us about uh, not the Easter eggs and all of that stuff you said earlier, but it's a time to uplift Jesus. And so um, we have a website as well, just if, if you're listening and you're kind of in your car, paravista.church, paravista.church, and there's a bit more information there. So, so Pastor Joseph, I think if we could answer the question, should we celebrate Easter, I'd like to circle back to what you said at the beginning. Depends on, on what you mean, celebrating Easter. That's right. And what you're saying is is when we mean celebrating Easter, we're not celebrating, you know, the the historical pagan elements of it. That's exactly right. But we're using it as an opportunity uh, to uplift um, the gospel and uplift Jesus. Exactly right. And, um, William, you know, I wanted to say, you know, we have the Bible tells us how we can commemorate the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Yes. And um, it is communion. And it's also actually in Romans chapter 6, it tells us that um, baptism is a symbol. We were buried with Christ. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 to 5. We're buried with Christ. And um, we are raised to a new life. Yes. Baptism is 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 actually is the, the, the the tangible uh, way to to commemorate the the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And so, in baptism, when you go under the water, you you bury to your past, in sins die, and you raise again. And, and anyone listening, this coming weekend, encourage you if you're anywhere. Um, 
Come along, uh, whether it be Paravista, if you're in the Adelaide area or yes. any of the Adventist churches, this coming you know, coming Saturday, take the opportunity to come along Amen. and be blessed. Amen. Well, Pastor Joseph, it looks like our time is up uh, for today's program. I've really enjoyed our discussion, Pastor Joseph. Always a pleasure with you in the studio. Please join our hosts, Gary and Eric. Uh, tomorrow they'll be in the studio as they look at the question, did Jesus really exist? And so I hope you join us, uh, join our presenters in tomorrow's show. That's it from us here in the studio. Hope you can join our team tomorrow. But until then, we leave you with the words of Jesus Christ from the Gospel of John, chapter 14 and 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. May God bless you and thanks for joining us. See you next time.